The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Football 24-7 on a Monday, the day after the loss at MetLife Stadium with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube network. Johnny Mack, there's a lot of ground to cover uh, on this Monday, including your deep dive. But I want to first get the words from you following the Nick Sirianni press conference Uh, specific about Jalen Hurts uh, and his injury, and then we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, Jalen hurt his ankle for people that didn't notice when he got sacked. uh, I think it was the Giants' lone sack of the game. Uh, Came up a little bit uh, limping and uh, clearly was affected uh, by it. Um, And... You know, Nick kind of said we're going to have to wait till Wednesday to get sort of an update. I I do get a feel that it's a little bit of gamesmanship. Uh, You know, the Eagles have been big on that this year when uh, players are going to be questionable or something of that nature. They try to keep it close to the best. I, I do expect him to play next week, but it does bring up an interesting point because I think we've talked about this all, all year, really, you know, what is the real goal of this season, you know, trying to get the seventh spot in the NFC or trying to evaluate Jalen Hurts. And, you know, from a front office perspective, it might be nice to take a look at this offense with Gardner Minshew, just from an evaluation process, but I don't want to even give an inkling uh, that's the way Nick Sirianni's thinking. Nick Sirianni wants to win these games, and he wants Jalen Hurts to play. I do think there's a little bit of a disconnect because I think, you know, you could learn some things if, if a different quarterback was in there. I think it would give you a clearer picture of what the issues are with this offense and if they're directly related to the quarterback or they're directly related to – the game planner and the play caller, to be honest. John, how did Nick describe the, uh, describe the ankle injury as, as um, something that he thought was, I don't even know if they ever even speculate, but was it something he thought was serious, something that's going to be evaluated, something that affected him at all after the play, any of that stuff? No, he's just sore. It's not anything serious. It's probably, you know, a lightly sprained ankle. But, you know, I think it was Les Bowen we had on Birds 365 mentioned, you know, at some point, we we always talk about injuries. And people think of injuries like Jack Driscoll, for instance, who's going to be put on injured reserve, going to be out for the season. Um, You know, there's also (laughs) banged up. You know, guys play through injuries. You mm-hmm. saw it with Jason Kelsey. You see it consistently with Jason Kelsey. 
you know, Jalen Hurts, as I said, I I firmly believe he's going to play Sunday at MetLife Stadium. That's not a, a mistake. The Eagles are going right back up the turnpike uh, to face the Jets. Uh, so MetLife back-to-back weeks. But, um, you know, you play 17 games, you're going to get banged up. And the way he plays – the strength of his game is mobility. You take away some of that mobility, he can play the game, but can he play it the same way? I think that's the bigger question. Well, if you were anywhere within an earshot of Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio today, uh, the debate, and it still goes on as we do this report here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, is Nick Sirianni to blame? Is Jalen Hurts to blame? Is Jalen Rager uh, to blame on yesterday's loss uh, to the New York Giants? Now, I don't necessarily know as a professional, an NFL insider, um, if you would check any one of those boxes, but I would love for you to kind of individually weigh in with your own assessment of all three, starting with the head coach. Did he call a good game? How was his play calling? Did you, did he do anything different um, that you noticed and, and that you questioned him on either last night or today? Uh, I think the only noticeable difference was the targets for Dallas Goddard and Devonte Smith. Um, remember since they kind of shifted, uh, offensively from the early season RPO driven offense to the more heavy run driven offense, um, they've been running the ball very effectively. They continued to run the ball very effectively over 200 yards again. Uh, so that part was not an issue. Um, the only difference was their inability to get the football to Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith. Now, it was pretty clear to us when we were there, the Giants were they were trying to take away Dallas Goddard. They were bracketing Dallas Goddard, especially on third downs. They got an indication that the Eagles wanted to go that direction, uh, and they did a really, really good job. Um, so then, and that's what I asked Nick, uh, at his press conference this afternoon, I said, what did you see? Why didn't they get the football? And he, again, said game planning starts with 88 and 6, and that's Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, um, when it comes to the passing game, obviously. So why didn't they get the football? And there's your question, you know. They're first in the progressions, you know. They're 1A and 1B, typically especially when you don't throw the football a heck of a lot. Um, is Jalen not making the right decisions, not getting the ball out quickly? And that's something obviously he's not going to go on record with. I think that's the issue. Um, and we'll see. We'll see if, as, as we continue to move forward. But one thing I, I noted on – uh, Birds 365 this morning with Jody McDonald is, this is what I've been saying. You can run the football. You can win. But the margin of error is dramatically smaller. 
And yesterday was a perfect example. You run for 200 yards, you score seven points. Why'd you score seven points? Nate Herbig, touchdown, call back on a holding call. Um, interceptions, obviously. Um, we go on drop footballs by Jalen Rager. On and on and on. When you play something so close to the best, so tight to the best, Boston Scott's fumble, another perfect example. Look, if you tighten all those things up, Jalen Hurts makes the right decision at the goal line. They just kicked Jake Elliott field goals. You think about the Quez Watkins interception. You think about the Boston Scott interception when they threw the football to those two guys. If you make better decisions, just kick Jake Elliott field goals, you're up 6-3 at halftime instead of down 3 nothing. Um, if Boston Scott holds on to the football, the Eagles probably go in to score. If Jalen Rager, they win the football game. But the point is, the margin of error is small. Everything's got to go right. Everything's got to go right. And yesterday, everything didn't go right. And you lost a football game, even though you ran for 200 yards. John, is there an answer to the question why Jalen Rager was targeted on those two plays uh, instead of Devontae Smith? I think it was John Clark that pushed out yeah, he was a not post on, t- on Twitter – no, it pushed out on Twitter that Devontae was so upset he threw his helmet or something like that. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly what it, uh, what it was. Um, Devontae went up to head coach Nick Sirianni the play before. I don't know what was said. But if he's your number one receiver, isn't it make sense that he would get the first crack? Well, number one, he was the first progression on the play. So the play was designed to go to DeMonte Smith. And they ran uh, double crossing routes in the middle of the field. Quest Watkins didn't do a good job with his route, number one. Then there's a lot of people who, and this is an example of why you don't pull something off um, the game tape or you pull something off a picture First of all, you know, I think people say, oh, he's open. Well, by that point, you have to understand where the progression's going. Okay. You have to understand where the time is on the clock. There's 25 seconds on the clock. There's no timeouts. It's fourth and 10. You, you got to get four, you got, you got to get 10 yards. Devontae was open for a, a, a split second coming off the line of scrimmage. Again, it's not, been the strength of Jalen Hurts to make quick decisions um, and get the ball out of his hands quickly. But you can make an argument he should have got a ball out of his hands. I don't know if he gets 10 yards because James Bradbury is tracking him. So that's number one. Game's over if you don't get the first down. That's number one. Now, I think where people got a little bit upset is later – in the pattern as Bradbury turned, uh, excuse me, Devonte turned up field. 
um, it looked like there was a really, really tight window throw that, you know, Aaron Rodgers could make. I don't, I don't know if Jalen Hurts uh, could make it. And then the second part, the TV didn't show the safety over the top. So the safety over the top would have closed very quickly, even if it was a completion. Bradbury and Nick Sirianni mentioned he, that's a veteran corner. He knows how to play. He flattened out his coverage to, to make it a more difficult throw for the quarterback. Had to be a touch throw over Bradbury. Very difficult throw. Again, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees when he was still playing. Probably no problem. Jalen Hurts, that's a tough throw. Um, bottom line. And then as he turns upfield again, fans couldn't see the safety over the top, and he's going to close very quickly. Even if it's completed at that point, you know, obviously you got to you might have the first down, you got to run up, you got to spike the ball, and who knows what happens from there. But at the time, Jalen Hurts had already moved on. He had already started looking at other progressions because he didn't get the football out quickly enough. I, this is the part that I don't understand because Jalen Hurts did a tremendous job of keeping himself alive in the pocket allowing Jalen Rager to get up, made a good throw, really good throw, receiver dropped the football. I, I, you know, when you get that opportunity on fourth and 10, wouldn't have won the game, probably would have been at the one-yard line, but it would have been an opportunity to rush up, spike the football. Um, <clears throat> you're not getting a better look. Receivers got to catch the football. So I don't understand the angst on that particular play other than from Jalen Hurts' standpoint, other than he doesn't get the ball out of his hands quickly enough, but you should already know that by this point. That's not a strength of his game. What you did see is the strength of his game, the ability to extend the play the ability to to use the scramble drill for his receivers to get open down the field. Everybody did everything right, except the wide receiver didn't catch the football. Was it as simple as the way Jalen Rager described it after the game last night? And I think you mentioned this on the live post-game show with D. Gunn, Farzetta, Mark Farzetta, and Devin Caney. Was it as simple as he just dropped the football? Yeah. Or was it, or is it, John, that he is not as good as we think he's supposed to be? Well, I, that that second question, uh, it depends on who you're asking. I mean, uh, he's not as good as anybody. If they think he's good, he's not good. Um, he's the worst uh, wide receiver, too, in the NFL, if you want to call him that. 
if you want to call Quest Watkins wide receiver two. Quez Watkins is probably the worst in the NFL. Jalen would be among the worst third wide receivers in the NFL. Jalen Rager. Um, people got to stop um, talking about his pedigree. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Agree. They got to stop talking about him being a first-round pick. They got to stop comparing him to Justin Jefferson. Um... He's not good enough, and he shouldn't be playing. And the only reason he is playing is because the Eagles don't have alternatives. And Nick Sirianni was asked flat out today, uh, should you bench Jalen Rager? And he said he's not going to bench Jalen Rager because he gives us the best chance to win. What he's saying is not that he gives them a good chance to win. He's just better than Greg Ward and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. That's what he's saying. The Eagles haven't benched Jalen Rager because they don't have anybody else. That's the bottom line. I guess one of those upcoming draft picks in the 2022 NFL draft. Dare I I say another receiver? No. They are not taking a receiver in the first round. They will go out and sign a receiver in free agency, a veteran receiver who knows how to play. I think this organization is done with these young receivers who are learning on the fly, and they don't have a Jeff Stoutman at wide receiver uh, coach. Not, Not to dismiss Aaron Moorhead, but I'll put Nick Sirianni in this as well. Look, his expertise is supposed to be wide receiver. They aren't getting these guys up to speed and ready to play, with the exception of Devontae Smith. Um, It's not good enough. They need a veteran presence. I've been mentioning this since the summer. They needed a veteran presence. You can't get one now. Now you got to wait for the offseason. But they will get a veteran receiver in free agency to team up with Devontae Smith. They will. John, in the context of that statement, how fair is it to Jalen Hurts if this is the hand he's been dealt and he's forced to play? Two of his three receivers are flat out not good enough. Well, it's not great. 
Uh, but you do have to put Dallas Goddard in the mix and understand, you know, tight end is part of it. And he's really good. And Devontae is on his way to being really good. Um, but, you know, one thing I, you know, Nick also said when I asked him the question, you can't force the ball to Devontae Smith all the time. You can't force it to Dallas Goddard all the time. So Patrick Graham is the Giants defensive coordinator. He had a good game plan to take those two guys away as much as possible um, and force the other guys to beat them. They had the opportunity and they didn't do it. Simple as that. Is there an, when they bracket Dallas Goddard, What's the counter to that move? What's the adjustment by Nick Sirianni to get him open, to get him the football? Um, it, 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 number one, look, it's, you, you don't want to just, it's a fine line. You want to get, and, and Nick always says you want to get, you know, on his call sheets, give you a little inside information he's got little boxes um of plays for certain players um the two biggest boxes are for six and 88 as he says which are Devonte smith and dallas goddard so there are times you want to just call something to get Devonte smith involved or get dallas goddard involved however you know, if somebody is intent on taking away someone, um, in this case, I think it was Dallas Goddard more than anything else. I think that was the Giants game plan. Um, you can do it. I mean, you can bracket people and that's what they did, especially on third downs. That's when it really, you know, I guess my answer to your original question would be to try to get Dallas involved on first down or second down because the Giants weren't going to allow it on third down. Um, But when you try to take, and these are, you know, whether it was Jerry Rice back in the day or Randy Moss or whatever great receiver you want to talk about, if you're trying to take those guys away, it's where the John Taylors and the Chris Carters would step up and kill you. Um, the Eagles don't have that. The Eagles don't have that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many ways you can say it. Quez Watkins and, and Jalen Rager aren't good enough, period. End of sentence. And when you look around this league and you look at all the receivers in this league, it's very, very disappointing that not only can't the Eagles find complementary receivers, they have no depth as well to try an exchange. Okay, so in other words, you see Jalen Rager struggling mightily. You get asked the question, if the Eagles had an alternative, he would be benched. They don't have an alternative, so they keep running him out there. That's They have bad per- – When we talk about the Eagles offensive line and rightfully so, 
and we give them credit, you know, Jack Triscoll's gone now. Now you're down to your third right guard. It's probably going to be Nate Herbig. Maybe it's even Suo Peta. Guess what? They're going to be competent. They're not going to be good. They're not going to be Brandon Brooks. They're not even going to be Jack Driscoll, <clears throat> but they're going to be competent. We can say the exact, exact opposite at the wide receiver position. They don't have competency with the starters, never mind the backups. That's an issue. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. John, just one quick uh, sidebar opinion from you. Is Nelson Aguilar a better receiver today um, versus when he was a Philadelphia Eagle? Um, I, I haven't seen him play consistently enough um, to, to, to really uh, – give you that answer certainly was um last year um nelson nelson's issues were always about confidence about you know he's not naturally great at tracking the football um never had great hands always open tremendously athletic um just not consistent enough I've, I've seen enough of him play to know he's still not consistent. I saw him drop a big pass in New England. Is he better than he was here? Probably, because here he was expected to be a first-round pick. Here he was expected to be a number one receiver, very similar to Jalen Rager. Maybe Jalen Rager can go somewhere else. Remember, he he was regarded as a bust here. Now he goes to the Raiders, he goes to the Patriots. He's not he's not the guy. He's not the guy that was supposed to turn around the wide receiver corpse. He's just a guy. And there's no pressure. You can be more comfortable. You can fit in as a role player. He's not a, a failed first round pick in those cities. I I would imagine when Jalen Rager leaves Philadelphia. Wherever he goes next, he's going to be better than he was here because he's not, everybody's not going to be saying, oh, look what Justin Jefferson's doing. You know, that city, whatever city it's going to be, is not going to care that it was taken one spot ahead of Justin Jefferson. They are only going to care is, oh, can Jalen Rager be a third or fourth receiver for us? Can he be a role player for us? No expectations. Expectations are difficult to deal with, Krause. If if you're not, if you can't live up to them, they're very difficult to deal with. Good stuff from NFL insider John McMullen. Um, I want. I did want to ask you about Jason Kelsey. Um, I know that when we did our short halftime report from MetLife Stadium yesterday. At that point, it appeared at least that Kelsey would not get back into the game. Um, but Jason Kelsey's Jason Kelsey. Uh, and, 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 and he came back into the game and he played. What do you know? I mean, what was the extent of his injury? And is it something that could linger as the week starts to move forward where come Wednesday or Thursday, 
there is a legitimate concern or is it business as usual for Kelsey? Well, you know, knowing Jason and as well as I do, he's going to play. So, um, and he, and he did, was able to get back in that game. He was clearly lobbying to get back in that game. The Eagles tr- were trying to keep him on the sideline. Um, and it's lucky they did because he came back in the game and, and, and then Jack Driscoll got hurt. Nate Herbig had to go in at right guard. So if you, you can imagine if you lose Kelsey and Driscoll in the same game, it would have been even a bigger disaster. Um, but yeah, I've no doubt Jason's going to try to play. We'll see very similar. Uh, Nick gave very similar updates on, Jason Kelsey, Jordan Howard, um, um, even Jalen Hurts. You know, we'll have more information on Wednesday uh, from the Eagles' perspective. Uh, but yeah, as good as that offensive line has been, remember, you know, I was telling Jody this. Jody's uh, was ripping Nate Herbig at center. Remember, the Eagles. <laughs> Nate Herbig is essentially their fourth center. Uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, Landon Dickerson was drafted to be the backup center uh, in the backup interior lineman, but then uh, Isaac Sayamalo got hurt. Uh, well, first it was Brandon Brooks, so first he had to play right guard. Then he had to move to left guard when Isaac Sayamalo got hurt. If Isaac didn't get hurt and say say Kelsey was, uh, was they kept Dickerson at right guard. Um, and Isaac didn't get hurt, he would move to center because he's a natural, more of a natural center. So the point is, when you get all the way down to that point, you still have competency. That's what I was talking about in the offensive line. It's pretty damn good. And you're going to see it again. This will be the fourth right guard from Brandon Brooks to Landon Dickerson to Jack Driscoll, and that's going to be Nate Herbig or Sue Opeta. Other teams in this league can't deal with that. Could you imagine Quez Watkins to Greg Ward to John Hightower down to the fourth receiver, maybe Deion Kane or Keyshawn Johnson? These are names that the average Eagles fan doesn't even know. That's how much depth they have on the offensive line. Good stuff today from John McMullen, football 24-7 across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. It certainly will, Johnny Mac, be an interesting week in the city of Philadelphia as we get ready for or look ahead to another trip up the turnpike to MetLife Stadium before that very late in the year, bye week, <laughs> the following week. And I don't know whether that bye week is good or not. <laughs> I guess it's good. <laughs> you know, it's late in the year, awful late in the year, um, but perhaps it will be timely for this football team. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, remember, they came into that Giants game really healthy compared to most teams, certainly be compared to the Giants who were really banged up. And now the Eagles came out of it a little bit more banged up, certainly than they were. And now we're talking about 
Uh, Jordan Howard was only the real injury of note. Now we're talking about Jason Kelsey. Jack Driscoll's got to go on injured reserve. He's down for the year. The quarterback's banged up. So, yeah, that that buy is going to be helpful. No question about it. All right, good stuff. From, oh, by the way, Johnny Mac, real quick, I wanted to ask you that one touchdown pass in the end zone. I think it was Greg Ward who dropped that football. Was that a drop or was that too much of a bullet from, from Jalen Hurts? Uh, both. It was too much of a bullet, no question. And, uh, yeah, despite Jody's pro- <laughs> uh, protest, he's the biggest Greg Ward fan in the world. You get your hands on it. You got you got to bring in the football. Look, great receivers mm-hmm. make that catch. That's the problem. The Eagles mm-hmm. don't have great receivers, bottom line. That's the exclamation point on Football 24-7 today with NFL insider John McMullen. As John likes to say, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time. See you next time, everybody. Thanks, Johnny Matt. Thanks, Russ.